Hello, everyone. This is Rico, and you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. This is a Podcast 592 for, what is it? What day is it? June 26th, uh, 2016. Today, we're going to look at an Enterprise episode called Fallen Hero. I'm going to talk uh, a little bit about, at the beginning of the show, about these new uh, fan film Trek rules that came out from CBS slash Paramount, or Paramount slash CBS. Which is it? I don't know. Does it matter? And uh, talk a little bit about what's been going on with me the last few weeks since I haven't done a podcast in a little while. So that's about it for the intro. Let's do this. I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Jedi's drink flows from the Force, but beware of the dark side. Hello once again, and greetings folks, this is Rico, uh, your host for Treks in Sci-Fi, your weekly dose, mostly weekly, uh, of geeky goodness. Uh, glad to be back, glad to be back podcasting, it's been a few weeks. Uh, I, I want to thank Mark for doing uh, a special guest spot last week for that film, The Man from Planet X, very cool, I love those old old sci-fi films. I always wonder, I've said this before on the podcast, that in, uh, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years, if if uh, the, the public will look back at the current crop of uh, TV and movies and think it looks like those those films did. Although I, I tend to think we've reached a level of tech that is pretty darn good. So I think current stuff that's being made, or even in the last 10 to 20 years or even more, will will hold up for a while. Um, but, uh, yeah, so one of the reasons that I didn't do a show a couple of weeks ago, Mark was here last week, I was off, uh, a rare week off where, uh, my oldest son, Stephen got married to his then fiance, Marcy, now his wife, Marcy, about two weeks ago. Uh, it was a great time. Uh, everything went very well. We had a, it was an outdoor wedding and we've had a very warm summer, unusually warm for us especially this early in the summer, and it's been dry. So it was a very warm day out. Uh, it was about 90, maybe, give or take a couple degrees. I think it was actually a little over 90. The wedding was at 4 o'clock, and uh, here's some good uh, Trek and sci-fi stuff. But, you know, people I think like this, I've heard from uh, various people. So, uh, But, you know, the funny thing is, is we didn't really feel the uh, heat, I don't think. I didn't, uh, at least that much. Uh, a couple of moments, especially later after the ceremony when we were taking photos outside, 
just kind of standing around there. But uh, there was a little uh, trees and shade. It was a beautiful spot, a uh, place called the English Inn in Eaton Rapids, Michigan. And they they had a pretty large wedding party, but the wedding itself, I don't know. I don't think it was that huge. I think there was only maybe about 150 people, which these days for a wedding is not a huge amount. I mean, there are people that have 200, 300, 400, whatever. Uh, I think if you're under 200, you know, like I said, we had about 150 it, it, it's a it's a pretty nice size. You feel like you can at least get around and see people. It's not like you're in this room with just, you know, how many, you know, so many people you can't even see them, don't know them and all that. But yeah, it really went well. They went off on a honeymoon uh, after that for about a little more than a week or about a week, I guess, to uh, St. Lucia. Is that, is that how you say that island? I don't know. And they're back now. Everything's back to kind of normal, quote unquote. And uh, yeah, so that was that was a blast. I've been putting up a lot of pictures on Facebook, on my Facebook page. As I've said before, I, you know, I've tried to keep the number of my official Facebook friends to people that I've had a, a long time, you know, interaction with friends, friends that I've gotten to know online. Some of them I've met in person, and obviously friends and family I know. Uh, so if you're not a, um, if you don't fall into that little group but if you listen to the podcast a lot of the um the video or the videos that i've done and a lot of the pictures i've been sharing publicly you can do that you know so if you go over to uh facebook rick dosty you could look at that stuff i put up a music video for the wedding a couple couple of pre ones pre-wedding ones and then one i did after they're over they're over at vimeo v-i-m or vimeo v-i-m-e-o dot com forward slash trekkie or you can search for rico d on vimeo okay so that's the wedding and that went well it's been uh it's been a good few weeks work's been busy i've been uh, starting and working pretty diligently on this upper screen uh display area that i want to do for my set uh thanks to those who have been continu- continuing to and new ones who have uh, started to contribute via the patreon site patreon.com forward slash treks in sci-fi if you have a spare dollar to a month two or three dollars or whatever you want to donate uh, pretty painless and very much appreciated so i've got the uh, basic structure of it built i just put the first coat of primer uh, paint on it yesterday did a little touch up this morning on a couple things i'm going to probably i'm going to try to work a lot on it over the fourth of july weekend coming up next weekend because i'll have an extra probably extra couple of days off and I should have a four day weekend, which will give me a lot of time. I'm going to order the, uh, the mount for the, uh, TV display for the wall mount thing. I'll probably order that, uh, this week. So I'll have that. I got to wire up some of the side panels for it, uh, with this led set of lights I've got and, you know, get the final color paint on there. I got to go buy that at Home Depot or whatever. I've got a few choices. It's going to be sort of a gray blue mix, kind of like you see on the upper displays on the original series. That's the plan. And yeah, it's working out real well. It's, uh, I kind of have been doing it mostly in my garage to make it a little easier. It's a, it's kind of messy and, uh, it, it's, it, it's, it's a big piece. So it's, it's much easier than that smaller panel to do in the garage, but it's getting close to be able to bring it inside. So, uh, what else? Uh, I think we'll take a tiny break here, a very short break, and then I'm going to come back. I'm going to break down and talk about my views and opinions on these new Star Trek fan film rules that came out not that long ago, maybe two or three days, maybe Thursday last week, something like that. 
Wednesday, Thursday. And then uh, we'll get into the uh, uh, Enterprise episode, Fallen Hero. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela from the Anomaly Podcast. And you're listening to Treks in Sci-Fi. All right, so the big, well, two things really happened uh, related to Trek uh, this this past week or so. Anton Yelkin, who played the, I hope I'm saying his name correctly, played uh, Chekhov on the new, um, you know, the the Abrams, or they're calling it the Kelvin timeline, uh, in the films, the last couple of Star Trek films, and in the third one that's going to be out next month uh, on July 22nd, I think it is, Star Trek Beyond. So he uh, had a terrible accident. Uh, his car basically pinned him against his fence, and, and it rolled down or something weird. Terrible thing happened, and he passed away, uh, I guess it was about a week ago now, I think. I think it was last Sunday. Uh, so uh, very sad, sad, shocking news. And, and you know, every, everyone, of course, has been you know putting things out there the the cast of the the recent films of course and it's just just a tragedy i mean something like that is just you know a freak accident it's just such a shame i mean i it's it's always sad when we lose somebody you know that either we know personally or 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 a celebrity that that we feel sort of close to like you know leonard nimoy last year and so forth so very sad. I think I heard officially that they're going to dedicate Star Trek Beyond to to Anton and and I think a dual dedication to him and Leonard Nimoy both. I, I think is what I read, which would be a great thing. So uh, very sad about that. But the other piece of th- news that came out that probably created a bigger stir in a way, in a different way, uh, is this fan film thing. So not to go into uh, the background too much, but the. The thing that really the the impetus of this, and that really started the the ball rolling was of course this Star Trek X in our fan film that raised a ton of money. Um, supposedly, I guess I don't know if it's a, you know been officially ever really revealed, but this guy uh, running it, Alec Peters, I think is his name, and you know he was even paying himself a salary, trying to set up a studio. I think even possibly paid someone else was paying someone else some money to. I, that that's just rule one when you make fan films of, of really any kind, uh, Star Trek, Star Wars, whoever, whatever. They're fan films. You're not supposed to be making money. Even if you raise money, it's all supposed to go back into the production. Same thing with podcasting. You know, I've I've done uh, campaigns to raise funds. I do the Star Trek, the Star Trek. I was going to say uh, Patreon thing for Treks and Sci-Fi right now, but. But uh, but I've put all of that funding back into the show, back into the you know this little set I'm building. Uh, way way even beyond that, I've put a bunch of my money into it. You know, to, just to, just to sort of use that as a comparison. So the the point being is, for for years, for decades, uh, you know, Paramount, CBS, whoever owned Trek at the time, they would you know they let these things sort of slide. But in recent years, because of things like Patreon. Uh, Kickstarter, uh, there, there's a bunch of other ones, Indiegogo, uh, ways to ra- raise funds for whatever you happen to be doing, building, making something, uh, a film for YouTube you're going to put up, uh, or a podcast series, whatever you're doing, there are ways to, and it's very public, 
it's very easy for people to see, you know, what people, what kind of monies people are raising. And for, you know, the vast majority of them, it's pretty low key. Star Trek continues. The the Star Trek Phase 2 people and Axnar all are pretty out there in the public eye, have raised some pretty good amount of money. Although Axnar way and exceeded, you know, they were they were into the like, you know, 600,000 range or something. Because of partially, they did a really cool, frankly, uh, and excellent, excellently made. Very, looked very good. Uh, prelude to Axanar film to to sort of set the stage and, and show what they were planning on doing. Now they, along with uh, you know uh, other productions like Star Trek Renegades, uh, there was another film years back called Star Trek of Gods and Men that Tim Russ has worked on. Some of these have become very much, you know, like real Star Trek. I guess I could call it real Star Trek. They've included actors from the original series, actors from TNG, Voyager, whatever. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they obviously can do a great job these days if they're given some funding on sets and look and, and special effects. So, all of this, and there was, of course, this big lawsuit with Axanar uh, that that they were suing them. And a few uh, weeks back, there was that uh, fan event for Star Trek Beyond, where it was kind of announced by J.J. Abrams uh, there that the the lawsuit was going to be settled. To to you know, he they didn't go into detail, of course. Then, so everyone's kind of thinking, oh, okay, cool, this is all going to get worked out. Well, apparently that wasn't exactly exactly true or accurate it, there are still legal actions i guess pending nothing's been really settled and now they dropped this bomb on everyone cbs and paramount about all these fan film rules and they're all if you go to the star trek uh star trek.com official site there's a, there's an article there on it if you could just go to star trek.com slash fan hyphen films that's where they list these let's see there are um how many points to this thing 10 uh, 10 points. And I'm not going to go through them. Uh, you know, I don't want to take up a ton of time on this. Uh, I'm going to, I want to give you more of my view and opinion, but the, the essence of this in these rules have basically squashed any of the real big current productions like Star Trek continues and Star Trek Axnar, of course, and Star Trek phase two for a free, for a few reasons. The first one reads is these fan productions can't be more than 15 minutes long or two segments of 50, no more than 15 minutes each. Most of these tried to focus and do episodes that were about episode length. So 45 minutes on average or give or take. So they've already that's that's they've already basically violated that rule if they try to do anything more in that realm. And they did that because they wanted to make episodes kind of like the original series, especially I'm focusing a lot on Star Trek Continues because they're the ones that have probably been the most recently active. Phase 2 has kind of phased away. James Cauley, who kind of started that whole thing, has kind of publicly said he's kind of done. They don't really plan on doing more. Uh, they're trying to fulfill their, their, you know, whatever they had kind of finished or finishing what they had. Uh, but they, they're probably not going to be doing much more. Star, Star Trek Continues is trying to say that they're going to try to figure out a way to continue to some level. Uh, but there are other things in here. You know, they, they list things like you can't raise more than $50,000. Star Trek Continues has gone more than 50000 I know. And a few times uh, you can't use anybody, any professional actors, basically, it says. It's a little weird the way it's worded in, in some places. And I don't know if that's the legality things flip, slipping in, flipping in. I don't know. But 
you know, there are, there are some of the uh, productions have used actors like from the original series. They've used some actors that are not well known that have had a few acting jobs. So they're professional actors. So, so you drop all those people out of it and it's, you know, anytime, even if you have a small little job on a commercial that maybe never, nobody sees and you get paid for it, uh, you're an actor, you're a professional actor. So I, I think that's, I think that's just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I know they're trying to maybe protect their IP, protect their intellectual property. They obviously don't want other people, other people making uh, money off of Trek, but the, these rules are, have really, you know, they, they say on one hand, they want to let fans express themselves. Well, they've really squashed that here. <laughs> there, there, are, there are so many rules. Basically they're everything just about every fan film that I've ever seen violates one or more of these rules. And and the idea that uh, anyone who's going to bother to do anything or do any films with these rules in place is 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 unlikely. You know, I I uh, I don't know if you heard that sound, but I I'm charging up this uh, new Bluetooth Star Trek communicator that I just got from the Wan company that did that awesome phaser a while back. Uh, so there may be some weird sound effects on this podcast. But yeah, there's no one's going to do it. No one. They're all going to be basically like, screw it. I'm not going to do a fan film anymore because, you know, they they say you have to buy licensed, uh, you know, costumes and props. Most of these fan films, some of them use licensed stuff when they can and when they need to. But a lot of people make their own costumes, make their own props. Well, you can't do that anymore either. It's it's just sad to me, and and I I really had felt that that the simplest way to put everything would have been you can't. You, you personally or no one who works on these productions can profit or, you know, make money off of the production. I think that would have been the simplest way to do it. I mean, there's other little details like you can't use Star Trek in the name uh, and, and the uh, you have to have a subtitle called a Star Trek, uh, a Star Trek fan production. That's fine. Little stuff like that. Uh, but but this this stuff about the l- limiting the length of the of the uh, film and the amateur versus professional angle, uh, the the it's in the in the costumes. It's just ah, it just kills me. It just really does, and it makes me sad that it's come to this. And I I think uh, I think things will change. I, I'm really I w- I will be very curious to see how you know this plays out and continues and goes forward because they had to believe and know that when they put these out there that they're just they're obviously realized that some of the big productions right now would be just killed. I mean, unless they create some exceptions and the guys that start to continue say they're still trying to work on this. I mean, they're technically a nonprofit, so maybe they'll at least be able to finish what they've raised funds for and, and, and say, well, these rules came out past when, when, when we were doing these things and we can finish what we've started and, and allow that to continue. I don't know. The Star Trek Renegades, who are doing additional episodes, have already announced and said, well, we're going to do our films, but we're going to take any references related to Star Trek out of the film, which is weird, kind of, to me. But um, And Axanar, I guess, is still like pushing and pushing hard and want to still go to court and, and, and are, are saying they're still going to do what they set out to do. So it will be, you know, we'll we'll see. But I find it sad that in you know in a time where we're at the 50th anniversary of Trek this year, and we have a new film coming out in a month, we have a new series coming out early next year. That this they drop this little bomb on on everyone. 
I, I, I truly believe that, that all the fan films, all the stuff that people have done over the years related to that and have put up on YouTube have only helped Star Trek. None of it's hurt Star Trek's IP. None of it, you know, it, it's kept the dream alive, you know, in a way. Podcasts do this. I try to do this. And it's free advertising. I mean, it's a way to get people, you know, continue to get people interested in Star Trek and keep them in, interested in Star Trek. So to just say, nope, nope. I, I just think they're, the, these, these rules are, are way overboard on their part and they've, and they've essentially shut every fan film down. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, I, you know, I'm not one of those fans that's saying, oh, I'm screw it. I'm not watching, you know, the new, the new movie or I'm not going to watch the new series. No, I just, I just got a couple of Star Trek items in the mail, official licensed things that cost some money that I bought myself and uh, a, a Spock figure from the Mezco company, which is very cool. This new Bluetooth communicator, I'm going to buy, you know, and go see the movie. I'm sure I'll buy it, buy it when it comes out on Blu-ray. I'll be paying for the CBS streaming service. So I'm supporting them and I'm still a fan, but I, it's just left a little sour taste in my mouth what they've done. So, uh, what do you guys think? You know, send me some emails. I'd love to have some, uh, comments from you. I've seen some things on the Facebook group. Uh, you know, most people, I'd say most fans are not happy about this. Some are more unhappy than others. Some are just like, you know, yelling to the rooftops, screw CBS, screw Paramount. I'm not going to watch the new movie. I'm not going to pay for the new series. And, you know, some of that could just be internet, you know, babble where they're just saying that, but they still will probably go to the movie and watch the series. Some people probably will boycott things, you know, I think that's a, that's a, not a great reaction. I think that doesn't help the situation and i will say that the uh star trek continues guys and, and other fan films have have been pretty gracious and in, in their you know the official reactions they've had to this and said no don't do that and, and still support you know the the actual product and, and then we'll see what happens so it's a very very weird time and it's it's too bad that it's come down to this situation so those are my thoughts, and uh, you know, let me know what you guys think. TrekSF at gmail.com. So we will see how this continues. Um, all right. Right now we'll take a very brief uh, – well, actually not going to take a break. We'll just segue right into – it'll seem like a break to me. I'm going to get a little tea here before I start on the commentary for uh, the Enterprise episode Fallen Hero. But uh, So we'll get right into that uh, right here on uh, Treks in Sci-Fi. Here we go. Excuse me? I asked if you... We heard you. What makes you think we're suffering from a lack of sexual activity? Starfleet forbids officers from fraternizing with subordinates. Unless you've been violating regulations. Those regulations don't apply to you. Have you been suffering? On Vulcan, we mate only once every seven years. That's a hell of a dry spell. Why are you suddenly so curious about this? It's my understanding that your mating ritual is effective in easing tension. That hadn't always been my experience. <laughs> and you think that we need our good opening scene here. eased? Efficiency's down 3%. Mm-hmm. We've all gone about 10 months without a break. I think it's normal for people to get a little sloppy. Perhaps it's time the crew takes shore leave. Well, I like the sound of that. 
I took the liberty of locating a suitable planet approximately nine days from our present location. It's called Ryza. What's your idea of suitable? It's tropical, with an abundance of pristine beaches. You'll find more information in the Vulcan database. Is it uh, populated? Yes, by a humanoid culture, receptive to easing tension. So, uh, you know, technically the first time rice has been uh, talked about, in a way. Alright, here we go with Fallen Hero. Let me dry out, dr- drop down the level of the opening credit song. You know, it's not Jen and Angela singing it, but it'll do. Alright, Fallen Hero. This is an early episode of Enterprise. Well, it's from Season 1. It's... Uh, I think this is a really good one. It's a good insight to Paul's character. Basically, uh, it's about a uh, a fallen hero, uh, hence the title. And they bring on a uh, Vulcan, uh, an older Vulcan name, uh, named uh, Valar, and kind of a hero of T'Pol's, which turns into uh, she learns some things here that that obviously you know give her a little pause and kind of you know drops this hero idea in her mind down a bit um, I don't want to say too much because the episode will describe it all uh, the tell plays by Alan Cross Rick Berman Brandon Braga and Chris Black worked on the story mostly Chris Black and it's directed by Patrick Norris it also uh, first aired on uh, May 8th 2002 so what 14 years ago now all right let's get back to uh, Fallen Hero Act 1 If you're wearing that to impress the women on Ryza, you may as well stay out. Trip's got like this Hawaiian type shirt on. You've got to be seen to get noticed. And I plan on getting noticed. Don't say she didn't warn you. Figure out your itinerary yet? I think I'm going to pass. Yeah. You need this as much as I do. Nobody needs this as much as you do. (laughs) The ship will be nice and quiet. I've got some astrometric surveys that have been piling up be a good chance to get some work done. We're going to a planet with over 200 registered Nuvian masseuses. And you're going to sit in your cabin with a bunch of star charts. Mr. Tucker has a point. I always you enjoy how the captains never want to take shore leave. The safety of this ship you know? depends on its captain being at his most efficient. I suppose I could read those surveys on a nice beach. Incoming transmission from Starfleet Command. Transfer it to my ready room. Her name's Valar. She's the Vulcan ambassador to a planet called Mazar. If you don't mind my asking, Admiral, why is this our problem? Apparently, it's imperative that she be taken off that planet as soon as possible. The nearest Vulcan ship is at least a week away. Do they expect us to take her all the way back to Vulcan? You'll rendezvous with the Vulcan ship Sharan in three days. They'll take her the rest of the way. Any idea what the emergency is? Well, this may come as a shock to you, John, but the Vulcans aren't talking. Imagine that. So, shore leave's canceled, I guess, and they're off to pick up this Vulcan Velar. 
Thank you for volunteering your quarters. I'm happy to do it. I'm looking forward to meeting her. I imagine she'll spend most of the journey alone, engaged in meditation. But if it seems appropriate, I'll ask if she'll meet with you. Thanks. Well, if there's anything else I can do. If you wouldn't mind taking that. Ambassador Villar is accustomed to a Spartan environment. She pointed to this little, uh, very small little f picture on Hoshi's desk. It's like, really? One little picture? <laughs> Hoshi, thanks for giving up your cabin. Just hope it's Spartan enough, sir. Everything set? I believe so. I've prepared this to familiarize the crew with the necessary protocols. We should assign a steward to attend to our needs. Don't address the ambassador unless spoken to first. Don't offer to shake hands. Refrain from laughing in her presence. Those guidelines are largely precautionary. I doubt the crew will have much opportunity to interact with her. You seem to be pulling out all the stops. I'm simply following the protocols used in dealing with an ambassador of Lars' distinction. Well, she'll be here soon enough. Let me know if you need any help. Thank you, Captain. So there's just a slight, like, like tone and and uh, to Paul's attitude here that you can tell she's she's kind of almost excited about this development, about uh, taking Lars. She hasn't, of course, mentioned that she knows her. Hailed. It's the Maserat High Council. Someone's in a hurry. Captain Archer. I'm Jonathan Archer. Are you prepared to receive Ambassador Villar? That's why we're here. If you'll transmit your landing coordinates to us, we'll send down a shuttle pod. I'm looking forward to the visit. I regret there won't be time for that. The Ambassador is already on her way to your ship. A small craft's approaching, sir. I assume the Vulcans have informed you of the urgency of this matter. They said it was important that we pick up the ambassador as quickly as possible. They didn't say why. Villar has been expelled for abuse of her position and criminal misconduct. Captain Archer? Ambassador, on behalf of my crew, I'd like to welcome you aboard Enterprise. Thank you. And she sticks out her hand to shake Archer's <laughs> Even though T'Pol gives her sort of a raised eyebrow. May I take that? That's very thoughtful, Captain. This is Commander Charles Tucker, my chief engineer. Pleased to meet you. The pleasure is mine, Commander. And this is my science officer, Subcommander T'Pol. Tanar. Paxarat Irani. Tanar But please. I've been anticipating the opportunity to practice my English. I always think Vulcan sounds like uh, I hope Elvish. you like your quarters, Ambassador. T'Pol tried very hard to anticipate your needs. Fortunately, my needs are few, Captain. This is actress uh, Fiona curious, though, Flanagan. Is that how you say her habit. name, I think? The odor. The human scent is difficult to mask. Actually, I was hoping to meet the crew member in order to thank her for allowing me to disrupt her routine. I prefer not to inconvenience anyone if possible. That philosophy has served me well in the diplomatic service. 
Paul tells me you negotiated the first territorial accords between Vulcan and Andoria. The Andorians required a somewhat firmer hand at the negotiating table. She's but a really good actress, then. good in this character. I, I like her a lot. That was we even uh, made here. contact with Earth. That was over 90 years ago. How long have you been a diplomat? Commander Tucker, I understood that on your world it is considered bad manners to ask a lady her age. Well, I, I wasn't, um, I, uh, didn't mean to imply that you were, uh... Forgive me, Commander. My attempt at humor. Suffice it to say that with T'Pol and myself here, you're almost certainly dining with the two oldest people on this ship. I hope, Ambassador, that you regard the charges against you with less levity. Of course I do. How do you intend to defend yourself? There is no defense. Are you saying you're guilty? T'Pol. It's all right, Captain. A person in my position carries the trust of all Vulcans. The fact that the Maserites believe that trust has been compromised justifies T'Pol's concern. Yeah, Vulcans aren't known for hiding things very much, very easily. betraying me, Captain. Would you mind if I retired? Of course not. So she leaves when T'Pol escorts her to her quarters, or... I've never been to Earth, but I find the humans I have encountered quite unpredictable. I'd be interested in hearing about your experiences there. Another time, perhaps. I understand. T'Pol's obviously a little disturbed this by this, uh, you know, the night. allegations against her and the fact that T'Pol. she says there's no defense against what they're saying. I sense your anger. You presume that my time with humans has left me susceptible to their emotions. There are emotions as well. We simply hide them better. If you're sensing anything from me, it isn't anger. Oh. Disappointment. Good night, Ambassador. Paul. Captain. Is there a problem I should be aware of? I assume you're talking about Ambassador Villar. You were a bit abrupt with her. If you believe I was rude, I'll convey my apologies. I don't pretend to understand Vulcans. I never have. But I wouldn't be a very good captain if I didn't know when something was bothering my science officer. It's uncommon for a Vulcan to commit a crime. Uncommon, but not unheard of. Unheard of for a person in Ambassador Villar's position. We don't know what she's done. It doesn't matter. If she were innocent, she would have insisted on staying to defend herself. You seem to know a lot about her. 
I've met the ambassador before, though she clearly doesn't recall. It was many years ago on Vulcan, during my early schooling. She had just negotiated the Treaty of Catan, and I traveled a great distance to see her. Was it worth the trip? The ambassador inspired me to choose a direction in my own life. A path that led me to the Science Council, and eventually here. Yeah, she remembers you. If I remember this episode, I think that uh, she's just not saying It's at never this point. easy when one of them lets you down. Vulcans don't have heroes. Yeah, no. I think they do. I'm sure they don't. Yeah, I kind of think they do. Captain, can you come to the bridge? On my way. An unidentified vessel, sir. 50,000 kilometers in closing. That's pretty close. They're hailing us. Let's find out who they are. What can we do for you? My apologies, Captain. There's been a change of plans regarding Ambassador Valar. We weren't told. We've been having some problems with our long-range communications. What's the change of plans? The Magistrate feels that we let the Ambassador go too quickly. She's needed for additional questioning. We don't want to cause you any more inconvenience. If you'll drop out of warp, we can dock with you and take the Ambassador aboard our ship. Your Magistrate seemed in a big hurry to get rid of her. Yeah, this is obviously now something that's back. not right here. <laughs> I'm just a transport captain. I never try to make sense of what government bureaucrats are thinking. I'll have to contact my superiors. This is a guy named John really Rubenstein. Me. I'm just a starship captain. You don't think they'd trust me to make these kinds of decisions on my own? This Maserite captain here. We'll wait for you to confirm whatever you have to. Give me Starfleet Command. I can't get through. That ship's jamming all our comm frequencies. Oh, well. Just the transport, Captain. They're charging weapons. Polarize the whole plating. Well, that's a little rude. What the hell is he doing? Halen! He's not answering. Portal plating. Uh, firing would be good here. Closing. Fast. Aft torpedoes. Return fire. No effect. They're using some kind of energy shielding. Direct hit to engineering, subsection 12. We've taken damage. Would the phase cannons be more effective? Undoubtedly, but we can't fire them at warp. What do you mean we can't fire them at warp? Particle discharge, sir. It would destabilize our warp field and most likely blow out both nacelles. I've been working on the problem, but I haven't quite... Uh. Drop to impulse. Deploy the aft cannon. I've got a lock. Fire! Their shields are failing. See what you can do about their engines. They're dead in the water, sir. Not dead enough. Resume course, warp four. Yes, sir. Any idea what that was all about? 
Yeah, it seems like archers should have known they can't fire their uh, phase cannons at warp. I mean, that um, that should be something that shouldn't surprise them. But no one said anything about getting shot at. That's the first time, one of the first times that's been come up in Enterprise. I have no idea who they were. Obviously, they weren't sent by the Council on Mazar. Then who sent them? I have no answers for you. Really? That doesn't Ambassador, make sense at all. <laughs> we're here at the request of the Vulcan High Command. Someone it wants you or you wants to, to destroy the ship that us. you're on, and you don't know. There are diplomatic matters at stake here which do not concern you. Yeah, they do if they're firing on my ship. Would only put your ship and your crew at greater risk. How much greater could it get? A few more volleys from that ship would have ruptured our hull. I'm sorry, Captain. You tell her, Archer. So am I. You tell her. He hates being in the dark. You're leaving me no choice, Ambassador. Archer to Mayweather. Go ahead. Change of plans, Travis. Land a course back to Mazar. Sir? You heard me. Aye, sir. You're under strict orders to transport me to the Sharan. It's more than two days to the rendezvous point, and there could be other hostile ships tracking us. Unless you can convince me why it's worth risking all our lives. Uh-huh. Yeah. He'll do it. You better tell him. are raising holy hell about this, John. You could always order me to take her to the rendezvous point. You're out there. I'm not. It's your call. I just want you to know there'll be repercussions. They certainly considered the repercussions. They knew someone was after her. Why risk one of your own ships when you can risk one of ours? John. They're doing it to us again, Admiral. Keeping us in the dark. Have you talked to the ambassador? <sighs> I've tried. Well, maybe she brought this on herself. You did say that she admitted the charges against her were true. I don't even know what the charges against her are. Well, I'll talk to Saval, see what I can find out. You really enjoy this, don't you? Replacing power couplings? Hardly. No, I mean, having people shoot at us. If you must know, I much prefer the shooting back part. I thought this mission <laughs> was about peaceful exploration. I need something to do on this ship, Commander. Well, fair enough. I'm just hoping we don't keep you quite so busy. I read those Nubian masseuses have 12 fingers on each hand. Hmm, wow. Say Starfleet needs to make its presence known on Risa. Mm -hmm. So they're in uh, one of I the galleys or rec rooms well, or something. And we were just talking about my quarters. Hoshi I was wondering why they Valar were so sparsely decorated. If you need anything, it can be brought to you. I don't want to be waited on. And since I doubt I'll be traveling to Earth anytime soon, I decided to spend a little time with my hosts. Thank you for the use of your quarters. You'll have them back soon enough. Pashta. Pashta. Subcommander. Have you tried iced tea? I don't care for it. Captain Archer certainly does. It's flavored with passion fruit, an appropriate ingredient for him, don't you think? It was <laughs> the captain that I wanted to speak to you about. I like iced tea too. I'm drinking it now. He deserves to be told the truth. 
Will you join me? Please. We'll be back at Mazar in a few hours. I'd prefer not to waste that time alone. This must be awkward for you. Having a foot in two worlds, loyal to your captain, yet still a Vulcan. You can make things easier for him. Yeah, it's a little tricky sometimes. The High sometimes, Command has but... requested his assistance. It doesn't seem unreasonable to ask why. You believe Captain Archer can be trusted? Yes. Even though he clearly doesn't trust us? He's resentful. Why? He believes we held back their development of warp technology. We've kept many things from them, all for good reason. But situations like this only reinforce their resentment. If we expect to continue our relations with humanity, we have to earn their trust. I would not have succeeded at my career for 94 years without earning people's trust. I meant no insult. Not. It's a good scene here. Your mind, as you always have. It was at Volcana Regar, wasn't it? During the second Catan conference, you approached me during a recess. You remember? You are not easy to forget. Your questions about my negotiating tactics were quite presumptuous coming from one so young. I apologize if I acted inappropriately. Not at all. In fact, your bluntness made me reconsider some of my positions. Much as it has now. To Paul, I have something to tell you. And we'll cut the scene, right? Yes, of course. Yeah. Come in. Oh, Porthos. Good Porthos is in this uh, episode. Something wrong? I took the liberty Need of more dogs on the ship. Valar. I want dogs on the new uh, Enterprise or if there's cool. a new ship in the new shows. Any luck? The ambassador and I spent the last two hours talking. She's even more remarkable than her reputation suggests. But... I don't doubt that. But... But it doesn't affect my decision. I believe it should. She's not guilty of the crime she's been accused of. She told you that? The charges were fabricated to get her off Mazar and divert attention from her actual mission. Which is? She can't reveal that. But she's convinced me that it's critical. We help her accomplish it. I'm sorry to Paul. I'm gonna need more than that. She also told me that if we return her to Mazar, she'll be killed. By who? She wouldn't tell me. But you believed her? Yes. Why? I can't accept that she'd sacrifice a lifetime of accomplishments with an act of criminal misconduct. It happens all the time. Not to her. We must take her to the Sharon. You're asking me to put the lives of everyone on board in jeopardy based on your talking to this woman for a couple of hours. Captain, 
since I've served aboard Enterprise. I've never asked you for anything. I'm asking for this now. Don't return the ambassador to Mazar. Please. Thank you. Yeah, so that was good. And now they're in big trouble. I'm at the right friend, sir. And he brought company. Why didn't we see them coming? RF sensors are still out of alignment. They're targeting our engines. We could drop to impulse, use the phase cannons. And go three against one? You're familiar with the Maserites? What's their top speed? Comparable to Starfleet. I don't believe they've exceeded warp five. Well, then it's time for we us to give them do a that, run I for think. their money. Travis, increase speed to warp four point eight. Aye, sir. Warp four point eight. They're matching our speed and accelerating warp four point nine. They're closing to twenty thousand kilometers. Better 15. go a little faster. Travis? Five. Five. Warp 4.9. They're holding at 4.9, sir. How far to the rendezvous point? At this speed, a little over two hours. But I don't think we can hold it that long. Can we get a message through to the Vulcans? The Maserites are still jamming us. Keep trying. That Vulcan ship better not be late. Captain? What's our situation? We're being chased by three Maserite ships. Will we reach the Sharan before they can do any more damage? I'm not sure. I need to speak with you. Yeah, as the fastest the Enterprise has gone so far. Will fail. You still haven't told me what this mission is. I've been under orders to tell you only what you need to know, but that wasn't the only reason I kept things from you. I didn't trust you. As your Mr. Tucker pointed out, I have been around a long time. I remember when news of your people first reached Vulcan. I was fascinated by humanity, but worried as well. You hadn't even met us. You had just emerged from a global war. The idea that you deemed yourselves ready to join the interstellar community seemed premature. And a century of good behavior hasn't changed your mind. Yeah, maybe a little. Maybe a little. Maserites pursuing us are criminals. They are members of an organization that's infiltrated all levels of government, making themselves wealthy and powerful. 
at the expense of many innocent victims. Their methods include eliminating anyone who stands in their way. And that would include you. Many Masurites want their government purged of this corruption. They asked the Vulcan consulate to help them expose these criminals. And that job fell to you? I have been gathering evidence against them. In three months, I will be called to testify. It was decided that until then, I would be safer on Vulcan. Why couldn't you tell us? The investigation was considered too sensitive. And the story of you being recalled in disgrace? It was hoped that if my reputation were sullied, they would not consider me a credible witness and they might not come after me. Obviously, it didn't work. The corruption ran deeper than I thought. I appreciate you telling me the truth. I can no longer put you and your crew in danger, Captain. Please drop out of warp. I plan to surrender myself to them. Yeah, I don't think it so. It hasn't gotten to that yet. It's the most logical course of action. If you've learned anything about humans, you'd know we don't always take the most logical course of action. Captain, report to the bridge. They're hailing us. What's our status? Holding at warp 4.9. But Commander Tucker doesn't believe we can sustain it for more than another 10 minutes. I don't believe they can either, sir. They're releasing drive plasma to keep their warp coils from overloading. Open a channel. Captain? Ambassador? What do you want? Just giving you a friendly warning. Are you aware that your engines are overheating? So are yours. We have no quarrel with you. Give us the Vulcan and you'll be free to go. I have a better idea. Why don't you slow down before your engines explode? Why would you risk the lives of your crew for this criminal? I've been ordered to deliver her safely to the Vulcans. And that's exactly what I plan to do. Yeah, you tell them. You tell them. They're increasing speed. Warp 4.95. They're re-entering weapons range, sir. Faster. We need to go faster. Trip. Archard Engineering. Come on, Trip. Please tell me you're ready to slow down. Sorry, Trip, but we need a little more speed. I don't know how much more I can give you. It's called a Warp 5 engine. On paper? <laughs> we don't have any choice, Trip. Do it, do it, do it. Aye, sir. Ambassador. Archer offers her the uh, captain's chair. Warp five, Travis. Warp five. Come on, do it. Four point nine three. Nine five. Don't take your eyes off that anti-marriage tree. Yes, sir. 
like the little smoke coming out of the engines here in this scene. It's like, yeah. <laughs> They're like, it's like somebody's sticking coal in them. They're matching our speed. Really? Jeez. Come on. 4.99. Warp 5. They're still gaining on us. Really? Malcolm, come on. Give me some good news. How far to the Vulcan ship? Their jamming signal is disrupting our sensors as well. Then use their last known position and do the math. Take a guess. If we could maintain our present speed, approximately 53 minutes. The Maserites will be at firing range long before then. What if we could get a message through? Tell them to get here as fast as they can. Sharon is capable of warp seven. If we could maintain warp five, we'd reach them in 12 minutes. Hoshi, any way you can get a message through the interference? I don't see how, sir. There's a diplomatic frequency we sometimes use. It's in a lower subspace band. I doubt the Maserites are aware of it. It's been a few years since I did this. If we do get a message through to the Vulcans, we don't want the Maserites to see them coming. I've always thought we this with these jamming signals. Jamming signals. What if they drop well? like a little probe and they're they're do. flying at warp? The probe drops out of warp. Yes. They, they zoom oh, past she, it, that probe would be able to then transmit a signal, right? Although I guess the ships sure. could detect it and they destroy it. Wouldn't they respond? So they maybe got a signal through. Oh, now that little smoky engine's on fire. Took her to the bridge! Go ahead. The port injector's just blew. We've got to slow down, Captain. I got it. I got it. No, faster. Oh, I want to go faster. The comm just went down, sir. They're right on top of us. How long? Eight minutes. That's a direct hit to our starboard nacelle. We're dropping to impulse. Yeah, the ship dropped out. Their starboard engines uh, basically smoking, venting plasma. They're looking pretty dead They're in the water. Us. Yeah. Come on, Vulcan ship. Hurry up. How long now? If they received our message, another 10 minutes. But it was down to eight. That was before we dropped out of war. We can't hold off their ships for that long. You've done your best, Captain, and I thank you for it. But it's time for me to turn myself over to them. We just need to buy 10 more minutes. Captain. I want you to go to sickbay. I'll explain later. If there was ever a time to start trusting us, this would be it. Put him through. Give us the Vulcan. You know, I honestly didn't think you'd be able to catch us. Just out of curiosity, how fast do your ships go? Put her on the shuttle and bring her to our lead vessel. 
That could be a problem. Our shuttle bay was damaged thanks to you. I doubt we could launch a shuttle pod until it's repaired. What? What would you have topped out at? Warp 5.5? Warp 6? I can't imagine you could do much more than that. It seemed like your engines were starting to run pretty hot. Prepare to be boarded. Malcolm, I'm counting on you. To Paul. Yeah, keep him busy for a while. Just buy us a few more minutes. So one of the Maserites launches a little shuttle and it docks with the uh, the Enterprise. Where is she? Your last attack blew out systems across half the ship. Powers down in engineering. A plasma conduit exploded on E-deck. I didn't ask for a damage report. Where is she? I was getting to that. Her quarters are on E-deck. She was no more than 10 meters away when the conduit blew. Her injuries are extensive. Plasma burns. Neurological trauma. I want to see her. So these aliens, these Maserites, have these weird little, uh, like, side, uh, you know, things on their faces, and, uh... A Vulcan? She's undergoing dermal regeneration. Open it. I will not. I don't know what business you have with this woman, but when she was brought in here, she became my patient. If I remove her from the imaging chamber prematurely, she'll die. Yes? Our sensors just went down, Captain. What's causing it? Enterprise is redirecting our jamming signal. So these guys, this chamber, there's uh, like a covering over it, and these guys just blasted their weapons into it. And so they never saw her exactly. And then the uh, and then the life signs go down. Now the Vulcan ship goes up. It's blasting the heck out of the Maserites. Report. Answer me. What's going on? I imagine they had their hands full right about now. I believe that's the Sharan. She's a Vulcan combat cruiser, one of their most powerful, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you guys are screwed. Sir, the captain of the Sharan wants to speak to you. Put it up. Captain Archer, are you in any danger? You could say that. Tell the Maserites to turn their weapons over immediately, or we'll destroy their ships. And, of course, they comply. We'll be standing by, Captain. Thank you. We did what we came to do. That's all that matters. I am sorry to disappoint you. And now she comes, she appears at the hallway. 
I look forward to adding this incident to my testimony at your trial. Get off my ship. That's what I would have told this guy at this point. But Archer just kind of waves his hand like, uh, yeah. Let's go. Captain Starlog, February 9th, 2152. The Vulcans have allowed the Mazarites to leave. Ambassador Villar says there's a good reason for doing so, though she's certainly not sharing it with me. Someday I'd like to walk into a room without it seeming like a state visit. Occupational hazard? I'll be along in a moment. Thank you, Captain. I'm sorry for the trouble I've caused you and your crew. We're glad we could help. I sense a great bond between you. A bond of trust and respect, but also a bond of friendship. She's talking about T'Pol and Archer here. I think it well for the future relations of our two peoples. She shakes Archer's hand here. Goodbye, Ambassador. Live long and prosper. Yeah, that was the first time they've used that on uh, Enterprise, Live Long and Prosper, and now, uh, now of course, the, uh, the ambassador leaves and goes off to her ship. It's kind of funny, the, the little shuttle from the Vulcan ship looks just like the, uh, the large Vulcan ship, just in mini. I'm going to dial down the uh, music here. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I think there's uh, some great things here. Uh, great guest star, Finola, uh, Finola <laughs> Flanagan as Valar. She's popped up in a few other Star Trek episodes as well. I I kind of wish they had uh, shown the crew on Risa, you know, maybe at the very end or something like that. That would have been kind of neat. And uh, the uh, and and you know I think that was a pretty good uh, situation with the ship and the way they dealt with her and Archer wanting to know what was going on and eventually to Paul basically saying you got to trust trust me and I'm asking you to do this without really knowing why and I think it works real well I think this is a solid episode first seasons are a little tricky in Trek in the history of Trek at least uh, some better than others, but I think this is a very solid episode from uh, season one of Enterprise. So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to that. I didn't comment as much. I think it's a little bit more dramatic, this episode, and I didn't have a ton to say about it as I was watching it, but I hope you enjoyed it. I'll come back uh, in a moment, and we'll wrap up the show. This is Dominic Keating, Malcolm Reed, lieutenant to you at the Motor City Comic Con. Just wanted to say, uh, keep on listening to Tricks in Sci-Fi. All right, uh, a couple things to talk about here at the very end. I, I wanted to talk about, uh, real briefly, a couple of collectibles I got recently. Uh, one is um, uh, an uh, action figure, a little action figure. Well, a little bit more than that, a very detailed action figure. 
Uh, it is a, of uh, Spock, and it is from the Mezco company. I think that's the name of it. Hang on a second. Yeah, I'm just looking at the box here a little bit more, and this is uh, Mezco Toys, toyswithaz.com. And it comes a really nice album-type case with a lot of uh, accessories and extra hand pieces and things like that. Uh, this uh, They've got, uh, I think, three of them out now. I think there's a Kirk and a Sulu for this. Um, there are some new figures coming out uh, for uh, for Star Trek here in the 50th anniversary year. This is one set from MezcoToys.com. And there's another set that's just gone up uh, on uh, online for sale. The newer set, or this other set that just went up on sale a few days ago, is a one-sixth scale figure, a little bigger than this one from Mezco Toys. And it, this is from uh, the QMX Collectibles, QMXOnline.com. Uh, there's a one-sixth scale Kirk and a one-sixth scale Spock. These are very awesome-looking figures. I mean, from uh, Quantum Mechanics, uh, who have done... You know, they've done some uh, ship stuff. They've done figures. Uh, things tend to be a little pricey for them on their site. Uh, the, these figures are, if you get the standard edition of each, they're 180 If you get the exclusive editions, which Kirk comes with a phaser rifle and Spock comes with his uh, Vulcan harp, uh, they are 200 each. And uh, they're due to ship like by the end of July, so pretty soon. I don't know if I'm going to do these or not. That's like $400 for two figures. But they're very cool, and I, I, I just wanted to point those out. The other thing that I, I'm going to just briefly talk about, I'll probably review it on a, on a future show at some point in time, but I mentioned it earlier, the Wand Company. I, I just got this. It's a Bluetooth communicator uh, with the, you know, the look of the original series uh, communicator. But the, the neat feature about this thing, it's, it's a Bluetooth com that allows you to use it uh, as long as your cell phone is in range. You can sort of use it as a cell phone. I haven't been able to, I'm still charging it. I haven't been able to use that aspect of it yet, uh, but I'll let you guys know how it works. I put a couple pictures up on the Facebook, uh, Treks and Sci-Fi Facebook group. Uh, very cool thing. They did a awesome phaser replica more than a year ago, and this communicator got delayed quite a bit. They were having some difficulties, and they wanted to make a really nice communicator, and I think they they really hit it out of the park so far from what I've seen. The charging, magnetic charging base is cool, and I, I am sure the the features and effects are going to be awesome. I can't wait to try to use it as a as a you know put my cell phone near it and see if I get a receive a call on it and. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, check that out. I, I got it. I think I got that from yeah, Star Trek.com. It got way delayed. I think it was supposed to be out like six months ago. Uh, but uh, I'm all about waiting if they turn out a better product. So that's cool. All right, that's uh, a real quick collectible look uh, for this week. Uh, I wanted to briefly talk about upcoming shows. Next week and July 3rd will, will be a guest spot, probably. I might do a mini little show or something if I can't find a guest host for next week. Uh, and in two weeks, I'm going to do a little uh, spot on uh, recent Star Trek movie music. In other words, just sort of get us in the mood for the new movie coming. I'm going to play some little clips and stuff of music from the last couple of Star Trek films and talk talk just about the films maybe a little bit in general. Uh, and in, in the week after that, which will be the 17th, that'll be a guest spot as well. And then the end of the month on the 24th of July, which will be Comic-Con weekend as well as Star Trek Beyond uh, weekend. Uh, that weekend, I would love to do, and I plan to do, a video show about Star Trek Beyond with people talking about what they think of the movie. 
So keep that in mind. Uh, it's just going to be a couple of days after the movie uh, premieres and comes out on Friday the 22nd. But uh, please plan on, you know, hey, take a quick little video with your with your phone or whatever after you see the film and then and then shoot it over to me. I may delay it a week, a, not a, a week, but a, a day or two more. But keep that in mind. Send me in your little video review of Star Trek Beyond after it premieres. So, okay, folks, I, I hope you enjoyed this. I had a good time today. It's been a while since I've recorded a show, so I hope you, uh, everyone uh, who downloaded and listened, had a great time. I, I uh, always hope for that. And uh, yeah, go Star Trek! Right? Uh, it's the 50th anniversary. Let's not let all the you know fan film stuff get us down too much. Uh, I'm sure things will continue to evolve on that front and change. So we'll see how that plays out. And until next time, uh, I will uh, be uh, enjoying the 4th of July holiday next weekend, continuing to work on my uh, screen project. And yeah, so thanks for listening. As always, is Rico signing off for Treks and Sci-Fi. Take care. Bye-bye.